0: And welcome to the Radioactive Show,
1: produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the Community Radio Network.
0: The Federal Government has recently accepted two new nominations for a site for the National Radioactive Waste Dump at Kimber in South Australia. On this week's show, we speak to Peter Woolford from Kimber about their fight to stop the dump, as well as to Dave Sweeney, nuclear-free campaigner at the Australian Conservation Foundation. On April 29th last year, the Federal Government announced that Banda Yuta or Wallabadina in the Flinders Ranges was its preferred site for the waste dump. It was chosen from a short list of six sites, two of which were in Kimber in South Australia. Over the last year, the site nomination process has remained open. On the 2nd of February, Federal Resources Minister Matt Canavan announced that he had received two new nominations from landowners in Kimber. On March the 20th, he announced that a public consultation process would begin to assess these sites. We speak to Peter Wolford from Kimber to find out more.
2: Uh, my name's Peter Wolford. I come from Kimber in South Australia. I'm a farmer here and I'm also uh, President of the No Radioactive Waste on Farming Plan in Kimber or South Australia. if you wind the clock back, uh, nearly two years now, we we formed the group after the first nominations were put in uh, to fight this, and uh, we've been going ever since.
0: Tell us about those new nominations and how that came to be.
2: There was another group formed in Kimber called the Kimber Futures Group. Now, they believed that there was uh, a shift in sentiment, that there was people for a facility, and um, so they uh, got onto the government and uh, Minister Canavan, and he sent back the government department to uh, gauge community sentiment and that was during harvest so back in december 2016 and um from there they did a report mara the, the government department did to um, uh you know explain what they found while they were here and it was clear once again that there was no broad community support It, it in, in the report it stated that um it had increased five percent, so it was still roughly fifty odd percent, fifty-five or something like that, I think it was. And in that report, also they yes, stated that there was um, strong community opposition, and that views were polarised, and that, that um, you know groups, committees wouldn't form an opinion because views were were split. So, because um, it was clear that the evidence was not there to say there has been a big swing in community sentiment.
0: So, how, how did the new sites get nominated? It's a different two to the previous two in the first run, and now another two have popped up.
2: Well, what happened with this group really pushed hard, um, and one of the, one of the new sites is from the same people. Right. From the original. So all they've done is put up other block, uh, farming blocks they've got. And then there was another new proposal, uh, new nomination site on the uh, eastern side of Kimber and the other one's on the western side but so one the one person is still involved that was in the original one and you know we certainly felt stronger that that should have been kicked out straight away because of the anger and the stress it caused in the first um, community round of nominations so and um, look it's been very difficult mara because obviously uh, when minister freinberg was in um, in power over this uh, portfolio he removed kimber because of the fact that there was no broad community support and that it caused division through the community. And so we were wrapped in that, but of course this new minister, he doesn't really worry about that, I don't think, and he's just put us back in there and we've got another 90 days. And uh, the original process was 120. So Kimber, certainly, we know all about this nuclear waste facility, that's for sure.
0: How and why did you get involved in the campaign against the dump?
2: Look, right from the beginning, Mara, the, the original uh, nominations, one was right alongside of myself. So to explain to you and your listeners... When you just get a knock on the door and say, from a neighbour and say, yeah, I've got a block alongside you and uh, we're going to, we put it up for a nuclear waste facility. That's virtually it. We had no warning. We had no, they hadn't, didn't come and see any of their neighbours and discuss any of those issues at all. And um, that's why this process has been really flawed. And I was certainly feeling angry about that and so was a lot of people about the lack of respect to neighbours. Understandably. The community. So, um, you know, we got on the front foot because we didn't want to live by this and we felt there was a lot of issues that we, we felt strong about that uh, we thought may impact us so that's why I got involved and you know obviously when those sites were removed there was certainly a lot of relief by me but I've um, stayed strong and, and, and supporting others now that probably are going through the same similar feelings that I went through really in my family and um, so I'm, I'm still heavily involved and I'm uh, determined that we um, you know really stand up against this government.
0: So how has the, your community organised around the issue?
2: As far as our group goes, we, we've, certainly, we've certainly written a lot of letters and campaigned and, and we've gone and met council a number of times. We've gone to uh, Canberra twice and we met Mr Canavan only on February 28th. So we've done a lot of work because at the end of the day, it really is, if you're opposed to this, you're up against the government. you know. And if you're for it, you've got the government sitting in your back seat with it. You. you don't have to do anything, but when you're opposed, you have to do so much. Uh, and you you feel like you're on your own. There's no doubt about that. And you're up against bureaucrats. And, mm. uh, you know, for the town itself, you know, it's created a lot of division throughout the community and um, stress and anger and all those things associated with it. So it hasn't been very nice to, uh, you know, we were once a really friendly community, but I feel that's changed dramatically now since this has all been in
0: Oh, it's terrible. Do many people in the area support the proposal? And if, so why yeah, look
2: at, look at, you know you have to be respectful of those that um uh you know the, that are for it and and look I, I will say it's probably 50-50 and you know the community is divided on it um there has been a big push by this futures group because you know they are really pushing the um, you know what me out what may be out there the 2 million dollars you know this is all about money make no mistake about that and mm. the um, minister Canavan explained to us in February, you know, there may be 10 to 15 jobs. It will take a few. But really, that's not going to be the big thing that uh, Kimber needs. And this is not the thing that Kimber needs anyway in an agricultural community. But um, the, the, the temptation, obviously, is the money. There's no question of that. Mm. If, if we weren't talking about money, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be talking about that.
0: Yeah. And what is that futures group you mentioned? Uh, well, look, that's a
2: group of people that felt that, um, you know, that the, the, the community missed out on something that could be good for it. So they pushed hard, and, and with the help of the federal member for Grey, Ron Ramsey, because he was the one that originally started all this back along in April two years ago. Um, you know, I think he's been the one that's really driven this a bit, because how would they get the minister to change, you know, to come over after the debacle of the first nomination process? So, um, so anyway, um, they've been pushing hard for it, and here it is back here again. So,
0: so what do you think happens in these this ninety days?
2: Well, the the department's already here. I, minister Canavan left a message on my phone uh, about a week and a half ago, and I rang him back, and that very morning I spoke to him, the department was sitting up in timber. So, and he didn't really know that, but they, they were already here. Wow. So
0: here
2: two days a week for the next 90 days.
0: And what are they doing?
2: Well, they're just explaining it, and you can go and get information, rah, 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 and, and as I said to the minister, well... You know, my view is quite clear. I'm, I'm not going to go and say no every day and argue with them. Um, and I asked him, would that go against us if people don't go and see this mob? Because you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're up against bureaucrats, and there's only so many times you can say no, you don't want it. Um, so they're here to, you know, to to con- try and control things. And I must say this: this is probably the most offensive thing about this whole process is the governor controls this all the way through.
0: Exactly, and they're the, the proponent. Mm, they're the ones pushing it.
2: Same room with them. They won't allow that.
0: Yeah. So what is the plan? What what how are you from your group, the no radioactive waste on farming land in Kimber or South Australia planning to do? And how can people around the country support you with that? Well look, I think
2: I think what we're asking, you know, people from our community and further afield, because Air Peniche is a unique place and it's totally export focused and that sort of thing, so we're asking farmers. We're asking anyone, you know, to write letters to the minister and uh, and uh, and disapprove of what he's doing. At the moment, we we cannot do too much more apart from that. Um, we met with council this morning, and there will be a vote um, in June, and that is going to be run by the electoral office. Um, and as we spoke with council this morning about that, we wanted to make sure everyone gets captured in that and that no one misses out. Um, You know, that's very important. So, and then, of course, you know, then there's the question. What is going to be in that... uh, What is going to be the question in that poll? Um, So, it's going to be a postal vote. Um, So, we want it to to be clear that there's a yes and no answer, but I I don't think we're going to have the question we would like to have in there. You know, do you want a nuclear waste facility? That won't be there. But, um, you know, that's the only thing we can go by, and the Minister is going to make a decision at the end of that. Because clearly he just wanted to have a vote. He wasn't interested in anything else. Even though we can vote all the, all the things that have been going on here, he just wanted a vote. That's where we're at.
0: Has he given? We can only
2: ask people to write letters and, uh, you know, uh, going against it and we can only just encourage people to make sure they vote and hopefully we can get it
0: through. And the writing the letters and the contacting the minister is something everyone in Australia can do to support you.
2: Well, I think it is because when you when you look at um, this facility, this has been going on for 20 odd years, and and I've always said that this is going to be forced on the community. Certainly, the way, Mara, that the government has done this process, because it is a process that divides communities. There's no question. That's the only way it can be described. And at the moment, there's Hawker and there's Kimber. Now, if this was so damn good, there'd be people there. Be you know, community towns across Australia wouldn't have never have got here. We wouldn't have had an, uh, an opportunity. But At the moment, it will be forced on a community that doesn't want it, you know, and that worries me a lot, you know. Even if there was 80% for it in a community, that still leaves 20% opposed, uh, that people don't like it. So here we are, it's roughly 50-50, and um, it's created so much stress, and I've never seen... It's been very bad, and in fact, in the last few weeks, there's been a shop that has closed its shop front in the the main street because of the stress and intimidation they felt, and they were opposed to the facility... And that's, that's disgusting, to be quite frank, uh, that sort of thing happening.
0: It's terrible that your community has to go through this. Yeah, it's, um, and the government should have a better process, and that's what we're all calling for, for uh, closing down of this divisive process and and an independent inquiry into proper and safe radioactive waste management in this country.
2: Yeah, that's right, Mara. And, and of course, you know, they brought the French contingent over a while back, and, um, you know, they would have spent a lot of money on that, bringing them over, but, the one thing I did get out of that from the, the French contingent, it was the fact that communities nominate, not individuals. And that's a very important point to make because that's, this is completely different to what is done here. Here an, uh, an individual nominates without, doesn't have to communicate with anybody. And, and probably now, the only reason we're going through this vote is that our Kimber District Council put a resolution forward to support a nomination. And we felt there was a lot of conflict of interest, very, very underhanded, we felt how they did that because at the end uh, the government wouldn't be here because that was one of the new stipulations in the criteria that they didn't have in the first um, first uh, nomination
0: mm, they did change it well it's terrible to hear that this has come up again once you thought you'd won last year um we'll give you as much support as is possible so let us know if there's anything anyone can do and we'll keep in touch with you and hear more about how it progresses in future shows
2: no worries, Mara. Thanks very much because it's very hard to describe just the feelings that, that you, you go through uh, and it has created a lot of stress, there's been a lot of tears, there's been a lot of anger and uh, yeah, it's terrible how it just divides communities and that's what it does. Uh, um, so thanks for that, uh, thanks for the interest and um, we will keep
0: Thanks so much for your time, Pete, and good luck with it all.
2: All right, thanks very much.
0: You're listening to The Radioactive Show, broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. We just heard from Peter Woolford from Kimber about the two new sites nominated in his community. Now we'll hear from Dave Sweeney, nuclear-free campaigner at the Australian Conservation Foundation, about the broader implications of the proposal. Hi, Dave. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Absolute pleasure, Mara. Um, Now, what is your take on these new Kimber nominations for the National Radioactive Waste Dump?
1: Um, It is deeply disappointing because what it shows is that The government is uh, not reviewing or reflecting on the fundamental project assumptions with the National Radioactive Waste Management Plan. The other thing is that it it is going to put, and is already putting, um, considerable extra stress on an already stressed and pressured community. Kimber said no, really clearly, less than one year ago. Uh, there's, uh, you know, 300-odd days have gone past. There's a new federal minister responsible for the issue. There's two revised and, and new applications for sites in Kimber, and the minister said, yes, I'll take a look at them. So, you know, there's lots in the Kimber community. I was there recently, and there's many people in the Kimber community I can understand, saying, well, how many times do you have to say no? What part of no doesn't Canberra understand? And so it is a lot of pressure, a lot of division in that town. The government's reflected and understands that there's division. It acknowledged there was division in its summary of engagement with the Kimber community. It said that there is a highly polarized community, that there is a strong core of opposition, that that opposition will grow. It acknowledged stress and division. So we're deeply disappointed that even though it sees all that, even though it hasn't cleared the hurdle a year ago, less than, the government's back there now and with a shop front, with people talking up this facility, with people saying, you know, these are the benefits there'll be for the local community, and that's a, that's, a we think, a deeply disappointing thing for Kimber, and it's also a real setback for what we need, which is a more reflective and a more measured and a more evidence-based approach to advancing responsible radioactive waste management in Australia, because this isn't.
0: Um, now, the nomination guidelines have changed recently between the first round and these latest two Kimber nominations. How will that impact on the site selection process?
1: Well, it's interesting. It's it's now there's now a higher threshold on any nominator of land to show that they have um, approached and and received consent or at least uh, a preparedness from immediate neighbours to uh, take a nomination forward. And also, it is uh, highly uh, highly valued or highly regarded by Canberra if you can show that there is a local council or local government authority um, approval to taking a nomination forward. That wasn't the case. Um, in um, in the case of uh, Wallabadina or the, the Flinders Ranges nomination, and that that consent wouldn't have been forthcoming in the Flinders Ranges. Um, you know, on one side there's uh, an Aboriginal Indigenous Protected Area, and the main people of that community are leading the campaign against the national uh, waste uh, facility plan in the Flinders. On the other side of the the Flinders um, uh, block, there's. Um, uh, a pastoralist, a grazier, who um, just uh, doesn't want it and uh, is very strongly opposed. So they would never have consented and the, and the project would have fallen at that hurdle. So we would like to see, um, you know, that that uh, that other conditions, those other conditions made retrospective because if they were, the Flinders nomination would have to be pulled and it should be pulled. It's not appropriate. It's not an appropriate process or place. Those sort of tensions... Um, are really exacerbated in in regional Australia where opportunities for economic access and and resourcing and support are even more constrained often than they are in the city. And um, we're saying, look, let's, let's take all of this out of the equation and instead of trying to find a site or a compliant or a vulnerable or a needy community, let's ask, instead of asking where can we put the stuff, let's ask the question that hasn't been asked, What is the best way to manage the stuff? And that's what we need to do with this waste, Mara. We're really prosecuting that. National environment groups, public health groups, uh, trade unions, many other civil society groups are saying, look, for 20 years, Canberra, you have moved around trying to find a place where you can put it, but you haven't asked the question, how's the best way to manage it? And surely that's the question we need to ask now.
0: That seems like a logical place to start to me.
1: It is a a common sense, prudent, really quite uh, measured approach and it has been viewed as uh, far too much to ask or unreasonable or even too radical by Canberra. I think there might be some sense now that actually it's worth another look. We'd be encouraging Canberra to give it another look for it. These are people's lives. Mm. People in the Flinders and people in Kimber live there Love the place, love the community, and they're heartsick at what this means to the community, to the country, to the present, to the future. They're they're real and adverse and happening now impacts, and they couldn't they could be avoided, and they should be avoided. And Canberra has that power; it should step back and it should helicopter up and take a look, not for a site, but for the most responsible, the least worst way to la- to handle these very long lived threats to people and to country.
0: Now, I imagine that the people that are um, willing to have a dump in the area are thinking that there are going to be some sort of employment or economic benefits coming out of the um, facility. Do you think that's real? What what do you think any benefits could be? Are there any?
1: Oh, there'll definitely be some jobs and there'll definitely be some dollars. Um, There won't be a big amount of jobs. Uh, There's no guarantee that there'll be local jobs. Um, and whatever it is, it won't it won't be large in number. There will be some money, but there's um, there's uncertainty over the exact amount, how and where it will be released. So it, it is ultimately the federal minister for resources' decision. Um, it's also important to note that this facility is a federal facility. It's not a private enterprise. It's not a revenue generating enterprise. So there will be no lease payments, access payments. There'll be no annual royalty. Uh, there will be no fee, if you like, going to the local community. Um, there will be a one-off payment for disruption, there will be a one-off payment for what they term a community benefit fund um, and that will be it. There will be small amount of employment and it could be anywhere from 8 to 15 jobs. Now that is not nothing but it is not a silver bullet. To indigenous disadvantage, or or regional, uh, the the flow of energy and and people from a regional community, and in fact, what this proposal and project, if it did get up, would do, is actively undermine both the reality and perception of other regional economic activity mm. that that could and and does have a far more significant economic and employment impact. And, for example, kimber um, is a serious grain production area, wheat and barley in particular. And farmers there, who are the ones that are at the forefront of the opposition to this uh, proposed national waste facility, are saying, look, it doesn't matter if, if there's no contamination. If a buyer country, for example, Japan, says, look, after Fukushima, we don't want to import food that's within 50 kilometres of any nuclear facility, 100 kilometres. If a buyer nation has a perception or puts in a set of rules that we no longer clear, we've lost our market, we've lost our jobs, our future, our ability to stay in our, sustain our region. So there's people who are saying, this is our ticket out of tough times, let's get this facility in for jobs and dollars. There are many poor people who are saying, hang on, this will actually undermine jobs and dollars. This is a long-term problem with a short-term return and it will actively undermine steps that we are taking now to grow our community now and into the future. So there will be some benefit, but, there will be a, uh, but a lot of it is local, a lot of it is limited, a lot of it is uncertain um, and there are profound and lasting risks.
0: So why is the government persisting with this very flawed and very divisive process?
1: And because, I think largely because it um, has failed for 20 years. So Einstein said that the definition of insanity is doing something that's failed before repeatedly and expecting a different result. It's, it's happening. is saying, well, we haven't done it there, so we've got to move on and find somewhere else that will do it, instead of reflecting and saying, actually, why are communities right around this country saying no to this proposal? And looking at that, they just keep trying to push... The question of why they're doing it is really interesting because we know that there is no driving radiological or regulatory reason for this to happen in a hurry. The government, through this process, has conceded and accepted that everyone in Australia who needs access to nuclear medicine will have access to nuclear medicine with or without this facility. The government has conceded And accepted that the majority of the material, 95% of it is at two federal sites, and the most serious stuff, the long-lived intermediate-level waste, the highest level of radioactive waste in Australia, the overwhelming majority of that is at the site where it was made, at the Australian Nuclear Science and Technology Organisation's reactor site in southern Sydney, and it has accepted, the government has accepted that it can stay there and be securely managed there for decades. We have been trying, or communities have been on the receiving end for decades of a government push to locate this material somewhere pretty much off the radar in remote or regional Australia. Now, we are at that point again, and we're saying to the government, look, the stuff is already at federal sites. You've said you can keep it there securely for decades. You've said that we can continue to have nuclear medicine with or without this facility. What are you doing? Why don't you just stop this obsession with finding a site and start a measured process that builds some trust, some community confidence, some credible process, some rigorous and robust interrogation of the assumptions of this plan and starts from the premise of this stuff is not good uh, but we need to manage what exists. What is the best way to do that? That's a reasonable question to an unreasonable product and it will deliver the most likely best outcome or least worst outcome and we know and we say to the government that only time can take the heat out of radioactive waste but good process rigor scrutiny independence and transparency those things can take the heat out of the debate about how to manage it and they can lead to a better result So that's what we should be doing.
0: So how can people get involved or more informed or pressure the government to make those decisions in the right way, in a less divisive way?
1: Well, I think what's really important is for for those communities in Kimber and in the Flinders Ranges that are saying no to know that they're not alone. So this isn't uh, the Flinders Ranges facility or the Kimber facility. It is the National Radioactive waste Facility. So it's an issue with implications for us all. It means transport of material on roads long distances from these places where the government's targeting. It's an issue that has national implications and is a national responsibility and is a test of our maturity about complex policy issues. So the first thing for all of us to do is to let the crew in the frame know that they're not alone. And I think the key way to do that is tapping into... You know the the, um, sites like uh, ACF and Beyond Nuclear Initiative and and Friends of the Earth and Radioactive about events that are happening. Send a note to the people that are driving this campaign and let them know that you're on the side. Above all, be prepared to let Canberra know um, at the key points um, that this is not uh, an acceptable thing to do to pressure a remote community that doesn't want, or at least a sizeable and significant um, uh, part of that community just does not want anything to do with this uh, sort of material. So letting people know, talking about it and not in my name is, um, uh, are very important things at this time.
0: Thanks so much for all that information, Dave. It's great to have had you on the show.
1: Oh look! Thanks for the opportunity. Really important time, and and great to talk on radioactive.
0: No doubt, we'll speak to you again about it all soon. Hope so. Thanks and very
1: hope much. There was some Dave. better news.
0: Bye. Cheers. Cheers. It is disappointing that the government is persisting with a flawed and divisive site nomination process. We continue to call on the federal resources minister Matt Canavan to stop the current process and open an independent inquiry into how best to manage Australia's radioactive waste. Thank you to Peter Wolford and Dave Sweeney for joining us on today's show. Thanks for listening to The Radioactive Show. You can download a podcast of this program at www.3cr.org.au slash radioactive. We'll post useful links on our Facebook page and website. If you'd like to get in contact, you can email us on radioactiveshow.3cr at gmail.com. The Radioactive Show was produced in the studios of 3CR with support from Friends of the Earth on the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation in Fitzroy, Victoria. It's broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Thanks for listening and tune in again next week for more news and views on nuclear peace and energy issues.
1: For progressive people around the world, it's been a hard start to the year. Trump is rolling out his racist agenda, inspiring increased racial, religious and gender-based hatred across the globe. It really is time to rally together to fight for a better world. There is power in numbers, and there is power in independent, community-run media. Join the swelling number of people fighting back by becoming a member of your radical activist radio station. Show us your love and subscribe to 3CR. Call us on 9419 8377 or pay online 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe.